0: Hey parents, Tim Wright here, along with Dr. Michael Gurian. He's up in Spokane, I'm here in Phoenix, and we are so excited to have you with us for the Wonder of Parenting podcast, A Brain Science Approach to Parenting, where, for the most part, week after week, we deal with your questions. And uh, this episode is no exception. We've got a great question, and uh, I'm particularly interested in the question that we're going to look at today because my own grandkids are having some issues around this particular issue. So I am eager to hear from uh, Michael as to how we can solve this one issue once and for all. Are you up for that, Michael?
1: Once and for all, yes. Okay, I'm up for that.
0: (laughs) Okay, until our next podcast and the question comes up again. Um, So we, we are brought to you every week by a couple really good sponsors, and they make it possible for us to come to you week after week for free. And we appreciate them, and we hope that you will at least give them a look. Uh, And if you ever feel moved, maybe just send them an email and say thanks for sponsoring this podcast. And uh, Michael has been doing some work with The Forge, which is a a very unique opportunity for boys who uh, could maybe use a little extra help. Michael, tell us about The Forge.
1: Yeah, The Forge School, it's in Benton, Tennessee, in a wonderful rural area there, 55 acres, right on the river. They are an adventure-based uh therapeutic boarding school for boys so not only do the boys you know get an education and get all of the the therapy and all of the help um uh and they're doing it through an adventure format which is so good for boys so uh it's for 14 to 17 year old boys and if folks go to our our site wonderofparenting.com there's a direct link to the forge school and then it hits their website that gives you lots of information Uh, You will
0: also find on wonderofparenting.com a link to our other sponsor, and they've been with us the longest, and we so appreciate them. Good friends with Dr. Greg Jantz up there at the the Center of Place of Hope, and they do such good work on a variety of issues. So if you're ever facing issues uh, like addictions or eating challenges, uh, anxiety, depression, that's a great place to start. Even if you just pick up one of Greg's books, so you can find them on thewonderofparenting.com. dot com, and it's the Place of Hope, the center up in the Seattle area. Also on our website are some of the links to resources that we've created, especially Michael, to help you in your parenting, and a place for you to submit your questions. And we put them in the queue. We get to them as soon as we can, and we really appreciate those of you who have been sending in questions. And uh, we're gonna we have one today. Uh, And uh, I think a lot of parents uh, struggle with this one in some way, shape, or form. And so here we go. I have two sons. One is almost five, and the other is two years old. I've gotten into the habit of giving my older son an iPad while I help my younger son fall asleep for his nap. He watches PBS Kids and has apps that were recommended by his preschool. He could be on that iPad between 30 minutes to one hour. I would love to get us out of the habit of using the ipad i started giving it to him because otherwise he comes into his brother's room and keeps him awake i stay in the little one's room until he falls asleep then go to the older one and turn off the ipad any advice to change this routine i'm trying to be as screen free as possible and uh, so this has got a very specific question to it and then uh, we're going to tackle that and then i'm going to broaden it out a little bit and talk about some healthy sleeping habits um, because so many kids are using screens before they go to bed as well. So, Michael, let's start with the question as we have it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yes, I I think she has this mom is wonderfully intuitive about the fact that giving a five year old a screen before bed is ultimately not good. And um, and so for people who are listening, why why is it not good? One. It's going to ultimately disrupt sleep. If it's not doing it now, it will. Uh, the screen messes around with the melatonin, and uh, you know the light hits the brain and kind of fools the brain at, uh, that it's time to get up. And uh, so, screens before bed are not good. There's no I know of no expert in the field. AMA, APA, n- none of us uh, are not saying that was a double negative. Everyone is saying one hour before bed, no screens. One hour before bed, no screens. Because the cascade effect for when the sleep problems start, um, if they haven't already, the cascade effect is worse education for the kids. You know they're not paying attention in school, more behavioral problems because they're not sleeping, and so the cascade effect is, is quite significant. Uh, more ADD, more ADHD diagnoses, etc. So we definitely don't want that screen for this guy. So um, for for at least one hour, and since he's only five. Um, Uh, You know, we want to look really carefully at how much screen time he gets per day anyway. Um, In this situation, I totally understand, right? We can totally understand. She's trying to get the two-year-old to sleep. The five-year-old wants her attention, will come in and distract. So I think the best solution is whoever is the other co-parent. If there's someone else there, say dad there or another co-parent, this becomes his job. I'm going to say his. Uh, Just statistically, I'm going to say it's a he. It becomes his job. So he goes... He takes care of putting um, this five-year-old to sleep. That would that would be the best solution. So that's going to probably imply um, maybe reading aloud with him or to him while the while the five-year-old's in bed, and then he's sitting by the side of the bed reading to him, um, uh, lying down with him as the five-year-old's falling asleep. You know, whatever are the habits that work that they know work with this five-year-old, um, this other co-parent, do that. If there is no co-parent in this situation, then um, the five-year-old probably will need to read before bed, and do some sort of calm activity that gets set up by the mom. Um, and reading is the easiest, calmest activity. If the five-year-old's not a reader yet, which would not be abnormal, that he has his brain hasn't developed yet for a lot of reading, uh, then picture books, you know, are fine. Uh, something like that. That. He'll enjoy, and that will gradually calm him and put him to sleep. There are music, you know, there are music apps that can be used—very calming music that can uh, the mom can set him up with. Uh, but if there's a co-parent, I think I think now is the time for the co-parent to do this job.
0: All right, so I'm we're gonna I want to come back to that because there's there's so many things in there that we want to talk about for building healthy habits for kids getting ready to go to sleep. Um, so for this particular mom part of her issue right now is nap time itself so we're not we're not at bedtime yet we're at nap time uh and she's trying to distract her five-year-old son for an hour so she can get her younger son to sleep and what oh she yeah used, i misread yeah right no that's all right um yeah. uh that's partly because i i was framing it to a, a bigger discussion about going to sleep but let's focus specifically on that for a moment she has she's used the the uh ipad as a way to keep her five-year-old engaged with something so that she can get her two-year-old down for a nap. And her question is, uh, and this, and this works for the evening as well, but for right now in the nap time, what are some things that he might be able to do? Let's assume there's no other parent around because someone's working. Uh, and so she's got these two boys. She's got to keep this five-year-old engaged for an hour while she's trying to get her two-year-old to nap. Um, So for me, I think there are two two issues here. Number one, uh, is there are there some things that she can do to help her two year old get to sleep easier without her having to be there for an hour? Number one, and number two, uh, what are some creative things that her five year old can be doing while mom is busy trying to put her son down for nap?
1: Yeah, okay, that's much better framing. I kind of jumped right to evening. Um, uh, Yes, so on the for the two year old for the two year old. Maybe using music. I mean, let me first say this is probably a phase for the two year old. You know, I mean, it's a month or two or three from now. This two year old may just be falling asleep. So this could be a phase. It could be wanting attention of mom, uh, but could be just he just needs help. Um, So so just kind of got to get through this phase. And um, and if she if she doesn't want to have to be tied to him for that time. I mean, there's really neat bonding that's happening for her yes you know while she's helping him fall asleep so in a way i hate to see that not happen but if she uh wants to do it without her like every other day uh maybe some soft music you know try things like that um certainly make the lights low uh make make it as much like sleep as possible but my guess is there's so much good stuff going on for her with the two-year-old and the two-year-old with her that she'll probably continue that through this phase. So then we're looking at the five-year-old. So if the five-year-old can read, um, this could be really great reading time for him, uh, if he can read now. If he can't read, then this is really great picture book time for him. And then also, since he's in a different place, um, right? She doesn't want him in the room with the two-year-old, so he's somewhere else, living room, or, or if he has his own room or somewhere else, then this it's fine for him to um, build something Use Legos, uh, you know, any other kind of play, uh, because I think she's identified that she really doesn't need the five-year-old a nap anymore. So, so any other uh, any other sort of play and and reading can substitute for the iPad.
2: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat. Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket. Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? <laughs> Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell wherever and whatever you're selling. Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify dot com slash try. Go to Shopify dot com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify dot com slash try.
0: So uh I'm going to assume, based on my experience with uh, my grandkids and how, um, to use the word not psychologically, but sort of generally, how addicted they've become to their screens, that they have fits oh, if yeah, they can't happen. have their screens, yep. right? Oh, yeah. So, so what are some things to do to, to wean a boy off, or a girl, off of that screen when it's sort of become now their habit, uh, probably the moment they look forward to all that dopamine saying, hey, right now, my brain's telling me it's screen time, can't wait. Um, so what are some things that mom can do proactively to begin to wean her son off of that iPad? Do you wean? Do you just go cold turkey? Uh, do you make them earn time? What do you do with a five-year-old?
1: Uh, so there are, you're right, there are two choices and the family kind of makes a choice. They choose whether they're gonna go turtle to- Cold turkey, or they choose whether they're going to wean based on the amount of <laughs> the amount of hassle they want, you know, with this child, um, and the way they think this child operates, and that their family system operates. So, if they choose the cold turkey, um, you know, which which can be fine, then they just know they're going to have a week or two. So it looks like the mom is here during the day. She knows she's going to have a week or two of of a lot of hell, right? That he's going to be whining and angry. Um, but that will end, you know, so at a certain point that will end. The parents have authority. Uh, the mom has authority and if she needs bring in the dad or the co-parent, you know, in the evenings, if the child is, has acted out and that person has authority and says, no, you know, this, you have to, this is what we're doing. Um, and so over a, a period of time, probably a couple, three weeks, uh, after cold Turkey, the shift should happen. Um, and it's very important that parents hold authority on this, you know. Mm. Uh, if they choose to do the weaning, which may work better for this child, again, it's all about what the parents think works best for this child. Uh, if they choose weaning, then they want to, you know, she, she it's going to be harder work for her um, in some ways because she's going to have to supervise the weaning. Like, okay, so you get to be on the iPad for a half hour, but now I have to come out of the room, you know, and, uh, where I'm trying to get the two-year-old to sleep and I have to, I have to truncate what I do with the two-year-old so I can only really do a half hour with the two-year-old and hopefully the two-year-old falls asleep in that half hour because now I've got to get out there and supervise my five year old in his next activity because I'm weaning him of a half hour of the iPad right and then she'll she'll wean him down then the next week she'll get him down to where he's only doing 15 minutes of the iPad and then um, by two or three weeks down the road he'll do zero of the iPad so She's going to have to logistically work out how she goes back and forth between the kids, um, if she's going to do the weaning. The cold turkey is simply he's going to be in a room, and he's not going to have access. So, hmm. uh, but then the difficulty of the weaning is that he's going to come into the two-year-old's room yep. and complain. And so she's and going now you to have to, two crabby kids, right? So she's going to have to really hold her authority, and her co-parent are going to is going to have to help her with authority. And if the co-parent can talk to the 5 year old on the phone during that nap time and kind of help him that way if that's possible with that other person's workload that would be great to help out i don't know if that would be logistically possible um if a grandparent or others in that in that three family system that this family has let's say if those others could maybe talk to him on the phone during that time to help him uh, to to relate you know with him which takes up say a half hour of the time that he would have been on the ipad that could help uh, you know, bring in some of these other people, uh, but it's yeah, it's going to be a tough few weeks for sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: Is it ever a good idea to use the screen as a uh, a reward? So to leverage you know, it. Yeah. So if you if you play with your Legos for forty five minutes today, while I'm uh, having your brother go to sleep, uh, I'll give you fifteen minutes of screen time, for example.
1: Oh yeah, I think screens are good. Screen time is good leverage time now. You should we should, we as parents should absolutely use it um uh and it it can be reward um you know i know i know people it's sort of like people used to say well should you ever use money as a reward for your kids right Mm -hmm. this was a big debate about maybe 20 years ago i think yeah uh in our community and and i always fell on the side of well if it works (laughs) you know (laughs) i mean it's not as, as long as your kids are raised with good good work ethic um you know and as long as they do their chores and as long as they which I consider sacred work anyway in the home, um, you know, A, B, and C, as long as they do those things, then, you know, why can't money be a reward? Um, And similarly with screen time, uh, as if the child's not addicted to it, the screens, and I don't think a five-year-old would be, um, yeah, let's use it as leverage. And we certainly say that about video games, right? Always on this program, we're saying video games should be leveraged. Now, a five-year-old, too young, don't start them on video games yet. But, but uh, as kids get older, they can be leverage. you got to do all your homework if you want your video game time this weekend, you know, and and that's leverage. So, yes, I, I think it's quite possible to use it as leverage.
0: Now, does it make any difference? Um, and I think I know what you're going to say, but but it's an important question. He's not playing games. He's doing he's on apps that have been created by PBS kids. So they they're probably educational. Ah, uh, probably somewhat engaging. Um, does that matter, or or is it the screen the issue?
1: Well, I think you know we're responding to the, this mom saying, "Hey, I want to wean him off." Yep. um and so we want to support that. But I agree with what you're saying in your question, which I think is, if if he's only getting an hour of screen time during his day, uh, which is fine for a five year old, an hour is fine. Um, it's not too much screen time. So an hour is fine. And if he's getting that hour and it's with this educational programming, uh, you know, why not? Like, why not use the iPad for that hour? Okay. And I think it's fu- So I think it would be fine for him to use the iPad, getting this wonderful programming for that hour. And and it helps her. But if she wants to wean him off of it, my guess is he's already getting a, getting a bunch of other screen time. So, so then the question, you know, becomes how much other screen time is he getting? And if he's a five-year-old and if, especially if he's in a state or, or a county where school is now being done, kindergarten is now being done online, you know, it's possible he's already getting a few hours of screen time. And then, and that may be what stimulated her question about this, because she's a smart mom and she doesn't want him on screens all the time. So... So to your question, if this is his only hour and he's getting PBS for his only hour of screen time in a 24-hour period, maybe she doesn't have nothing to worry about. You know, okay. Maybe she just lets this be as it is and, and use it as it is. But if this hour is added on to two or three more hours, then yeah, let's get him off of this.
0: Great. So that gives her uh, a little bit of breathing space as well. So it may not just be an issue of I got to take this away from him um, because I, uh, I it, screens are bad. For this one hour, it could be okay if it's given her a chance to bond with her two-year-old, get him to sleep. So she's got a couple options available for her at nap time.
1: She does, yeah. And remember, in terms of this this content and this programming, the thing. Let's say this is her his his only hour. Um, uh, you know what I'm saying. I think it's fine if it's his only hour uh, in terms of what's developmentally appropriate for screen time and kids. And if she wants more, Saving Our Sons has an actual. I break it up in Saving Our Sons. Uh, in a chapter there on what's good for each age group, birth to two, two to four, four to six. So, and an hour is fine for a five-year-old. Inside of that is, what is this programming? So the only thing I would ask her to look at, if this is his only hour, okay, it's fine. But what's inside the programming? If the images are moving really fast, they're transitioning really fast, that could be the thing to look at. My guess is with a PBS app, that the images are not moving too fast, right, that these are right. little stories. And if it, that's what it is, then great. Uh, but but you know, even back 25 years ago, we started discovering that Sesame Street, sometimes Sesame Street, the images move too fast mm-hmm. for two-year-olds, not five-year-olds, but two-year-olds. And so that's another aspect. What we learned about screen time is that also some of the ADD, ADHD that comes later comes from those images moving so fast and the brain is not able to compute. So that's another thing to add to the puzzle. I'm thinking PBS is pretty safe, but it's a yeah. question she could ask as she watches these programs.
0: Good. I think that's I think that's helpful for a lot of parents who are, uh, because we talk so much on this show about being really careful about screen time, uh, and, and we want to continue to talk about that. But there are some, some apps, some shows that may be appropriate for those amounts of time um, that at least buy parents, a little bit of a break, which may do this for this mom at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I, you know, I just want to echo what you said earlier about the bonding time she's getting with her two-year-old, because some of my really fond memories now of my grandkids was having them over and at nap time, being able just to lay down next to them and, um, you know, just watch them fall asleep and to be with them and for them to be with grandpa and you don't get those moments back so you don't want to rush that either and uh uh, you want to protect that as much as possible so good honor for trying to figure out both of these things
1: yeah so it's she's juggling really juggling yeah Uh, yeah she's doing awesome
0: so so let's get back to the broader picture here um because this does lead to sort of discussions then about sleep at night uh, because some of these issues that she's identified happen at night um, If you've got two or three kids and, and their bedtimes are different, um, you know you're running around you got to keep the, the the older kids occupied. you've got to get the younger kid down and a lot of parents are sort of uh, reverting to screen time and uh, so talk again just a little bit. Uh, what what the screen does to a child's brain at night before they go into bed.
1: Yeah, now that piece of it, luckily we can say for all age groups. Yes. And then in terms of the various kids and getting them each to bed, we can break that down. But but we can say for all age groups, and that includes us adults, but it's more so for developing brains, that hour before bed, um, we want the brain to start calming down we want it to do its natural job which is to start moving towards sleep and um because the most important thing for that brain is the sleep there's nothing in that hour of screen time that um is important in comparison to the sleep uh so and and we know that if that brain is looking at screens while trying to fall asleep and during that hour, that it in fact keeps the brain awake, or even if the brain falls asleep, um, it, still, it still can intrude, right? That light and that light source, and then whatever is the stimulation on the screen, still intrudes while the child is sleeping so that the child doesn't sleep as well. And um, so you have a kind of a double hit. So what we what we all agree on is we need to not have kids have screens. For an hour before bed and um that it's great for them to read during that time uh you know whether they read comic books or whether they read a book depending on their age uh great for them to read uh great for them to kind of be mindful and meditate or some people would have prayer time uh great for the parent some one of the parents uh or extended family to kind of come in and chat with them as they're falling asleep you know, and lie down with them, like you said, those are all great. And then, of course, ultimately, they need to fall asleep on their own. And, um, and they can do that. They just lie there like we all do. And they think about things until they fall asleep. And that's, that's the right way to go. Um, Being stimulated in any way for that hour is not great. And then having the light source onto the brain is not great. Um, So, so that's what we're really trying to, trying to do because if you protect the sleep then you just have less likelihood of all sorts of other issues and I know I already mentioned them educational Mm -hmm. issues brain disorder issues you know there's a whole cascade of other issues that erupt uh... even obesity is linked to lack of sleep I mean it's a psychophysiological nightmare pardon the pun to (laughs) develop bad sleep habits it's just really bad for these kids so that's kinda the core of it now what about
0: uh kids who might be reading books on an ipad
1: does that again that's a light thing? source yeah. yeah i i you it's a light source i mean the most harmless uh is is the kindle that's the yep. most harmless because they've done a lot to work with that light so that one is the most harmless um uh, but you know i just i just say to folks if you can have no screen you know it's just going to be a better life for your child right <laughs> but I but I agree that Kindle is is much safer than just about anything else.
0: And and there's probably something important about boys and girls actually holding on to books as well.
1: Yeah, I like that. Oh, now this time you're you're coughing and having usually it's me who has something down the throat. Um I I I will talk until you come back in because I've had that happen. Our throats get older. Um yeah, I mean I still think that holding a book and seeing words You know having the physical activity of holding the book and the yeah i i i I want to promote that i mean i just think that's it's just better and people will say well you know 10 years from now no one's going to read books i don't buy it they said that
2: 20 30 (laughs) years ago they
1: were saying or at least 20 years ago they were saying oh no people are going to stop holding books in their hand well yeah the percentage of people who have stopped is a little higher every year but but no holding books in your hand um is a great idea and especially knowing that that it's that there's a potential if you read the book on the iPad to mess up your sleep I, why wouldn't you have your child hold the right. book yeah, well and
0: and especially kids books that have these rich illustrations that go along with them and so on you just can't get that on, on an iPad or a Kindle
1: no it's not as good i mean, yeah. I mean definitely books are on I, I i see them right where they're just through the pad and yeah they're neat great but there's a texture Like you're saying Mm -hmm. there's a texture to holding that kid's book that picture book that and 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 again there's no downside to them holding the book but there is downside in that hour to them looking at it it on the ipad so why not pick the choice that has no downside
0: right right well michael thank you um i think we've covered a lot of stuff today kind of around screens and naps and bedtime yeah, sorry and, uh, I
1: jumped so fast uh, tonight. Well, that's that's all right.
0: That's okay. <laughs> yeah. um, I think you know, uh, and part of the reason for me asking this question is because my my daughter has those issues with her two kids. Her two kids just have a hard time sleeping, falling asleep without her in the room, and and uh, you know, creating these healthy habits, getting the kids off the screens, off a TV. It's all part of it, and you know, th- this is the kind of world that uh, you and I didn't necessarily grow up in, right. Um, and and in some ways, probably a lot of our younger parents maybe did a little bit, but not to the extent now where we have the everything is so accessible on iPads, iPhones, um, and so we have to sort of relearn the ancient art of getting a good night's sleep. And um, mm-hmm. none of that has changed; it's all the same, even in a screen-driven world. Uh, it's slowing down the body. It's you know getting yourself. It's preparing the room. It's you know. How's the temperature of the room? A glass of milk before bed, whatever, and uh, and then just letting the body do what the body does. And um, the screen has interrupted that uh, immensely. And yeah. and I'm I'm guessing in a in a COVID world, and we're going to assume here in January, we're recording this in December, but in January we're still in a COVID world until that vaccine gets ramped up. Um, we're you know we know we're on screens a lot more than we used to be. Mm -hmm. so this is a time for us to slow down maybe go for a walk beforehand and uh, and have a good night's sleep so uh michael thank you so much thank you tim and we appreciate you all listening to the uh the episode uh share it with your friends if you'd like uh we do have a facebook page where people engage with each other and it's wonder of parenting on facebook And you can join that, and uh, every week, parents are chiming in, I've got this issue, and other parents come on and say, well, this might help, or I've had that situation. It's a great site for parents. Got about a thousand people engaged on it right now, and we'd love to have you be a part of that. And again, please tell your friends about Wonder Parenting Podcast, and we will be with you again in our next episode. We hope that you all have a great week. Thank you very much.